Hello everyone, welcome back to Wilf, What I Learned From. This is the audio version and I am your host, Forrest Stevens. The audio version has a little extra, extra or extra, extra intro and outro. And you're listening to the intro now. We got my friend Greg Wong on as a guest. Yes, this is a guest episode. Hope you like those. We do guest episodes usually every other week and then a solo episode in between those. And I got my friend Greg on here to talk about this travel film that we made together called Moments. So hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, make sure to rate us on iTunes or whatever people do to try to get podcast listens. I have no idea because this has no listeners. Anyway, hope you enjoy. Today we're talking about what we learned from independently producing, editing, and filming and starring in a uh, travel documentary, a no-budget, low-budget travel documentary. My name's Forrest. I guess I directed, I, I more produced than directed this. This was pretty like loosely directed if, if it was directed at all. Um, produced and and did a final edit color grade and then I was also in the travel documentary one of the subjects and then we got uh, yeah maybe you can introduce yourself and what your role was with this film my name's Greg uh, I was invited on this trip to film uh, from Forrest so my responsibilities was um, I was behind camera the whole time well not all the time <laughs> not all the time sometimes I was in front of the camera um, Buzz behind the camera a lot of the time. Uh, I edited the video as well. Um, so I just put all the clips together, edited it, um, did all that. And then Forrest, you know, as you said, you went over it as a final edit, color graded it all. Um, what else did I do? I was on the trip. <laughs> the trip itself, my idea and like, and Riley's idea and, and our sort of whole idea, it was um, to sort of mimic a little bit of what we did, Riley and I did in Taiwan, because we came back, we had just filmed a travel show called Best Friends, and it was still being worked on and edited and sort of discovered and, and like turned into what it was becoming. And uh, then we started planning this other trip. And so when, well, I guess uh, to understand moments, you have to understand um, Best Friends a little bit. Um, and it, it sort of came about a little bit differently. It was just a lot of self-filming. So there wasn't the third party. Um, Greg didn't wasn't there with us. So Riley and I filmed each other and we filmed ourselves. And so it has a different feel to it. And my idea was to bring Greg on and have sort of that, that third person who's primarily behind the camera. And so we, we were able to get uh, a completely different feel more of a documentary style or and more of like a professional kind of style and my a lot of my inspirations for a travel show was departures and we're both fans of that show but um departures was like a big sort of stylistic um inspiration I, I i guess um or at least it was like a jumping off point and then we took our you know i hired greg on because of of who he was as a cinematographer like we had worked on a couple shoots before um i hired him as as a like a, a videographer for a couple van tours I, I guess a jeep tour and a boat tour is that right yeah van tour boat tour um and we did that thing with al smith yeah yeah the overland jeep um and and yeah so like i knew 
I sort of knew what your style was and I really liked it. I liked how you were, you know, you had such an eye, like you're, you're like sort of like a natural cinematographer more than myself. Like there's certain people who get behind a camera and whether they're like, like technically trained at it or not, they're able to like understand and like find an angle that works or that's interesting. Um, so I knew that you could do that and I thought, okay, this would be fun to have all three of us um, filming and creating a show. And so I guess that's sort of like how moments um, started. The idea was to have Greg on, but then Riley and I also to film ourselves. Like I kind of forgot about this until I was thinking about this recently, but we were also filming vlogs the whole time, which was kind of weird, eh? And so we we filmed vlogs and I filmed the vlog and then I had to edit the vlogs and it was like, after I had edited the vlogs, I was just like so exhausted with the footage that I couldn't even envision anything else. Like I didn't know where to take it. It wasn't the same as best friends. I couldn't turn it into segments like I did with that documentary. And so that's when I hired you on um, again, because I hired you as the cinematographer and then I hired you as the editor, you know, and I hired you in two different ways as well, which I think is an interesting point for filmmakers. If, if anybody that's like listening or watching this is interested in filmmaking, um, I paid you like a, a sort of like a set amount to do the videography. And with that was like, you don't have to pay for any of the expenses of the trip and you get to go on this trip. You were paying me, at, I believe it was like 500 bucks or something. Um, for only it was like what for 14 days uh, but at the same time i got to go on a trip you know what i mean like i got to go on like a vacation uh you guys paid for the food and everything but i still got to like experience a trip as well as working on it um because even though i it's not like you guys weren't working either right so we were all kind of doing like equal parts of work um while enjoying this trip i guess and I just got paid to do it. <laughs> and then we got to create something out of it too. And and then when I hired you on as a, as the editor, it was a different pay structure. So we're doing like a uh, a split, like a revenue share. Um, and and that was like talked about before uh, we you know before I got you to do the work as well. And I think that's kind of like an interesting thing to look at because it really kind of shows that there's different ways to do things in this business different ways to like sort of get a project done like i hadn't released that footage to you to like be able to be worked on this wouldn't this movie wouldn't have gotten made like straight up wouldn't have gotten made um but then there was also like a extra work that i had to do too so that you know we just split everything um but it's like another way of getting a project finished you know because sometimes there it just isn't the money to like finish a project um, but there's money that it could potentially make yeah, I think that I think that was another thing that I was I was thinking about was there was like a lot of work on this trip. There was a lot of work that we had to do. It wasn't like a leisurely trip. Like first off, we had to sail, which is like hard work already. Um, we couldn't like eat out at restaurants like you do when you vacation oftentimes or, or just travel in general. Um, we had to like make food, prep food, understand how to like keep food in a boat um there was just like a lot yeah a boat with no fridge a boat with no fridge yeah and and we also had to like film everything and and that was something that yeah maybe you can talk about a little bit more but i don't think we had like a very clear vision we did we had like nothing written down nothing storyboarded nothing uh 
everything was like planned out between you and I, but then like not fully communicated to Riley, who was like the skipper. And then, so we, there was like, there was like multiple plans going on and everything sort of just like collided into this, this mess of trying to make, uh, something of su like something, um, you know, like a film, uh, trying to make a film on top of just traveling is like a totally different experience. I think one weird thing about that too, like you mentioned, I don't think the three of us had the same vision of what we wanted the movie to look like. Not at all. I mean, you and I, I guess, like you said, we had departures in mind. Um, but we still didn't know what direction we were going to take it in um, and what we were going to showcase. Like Riley, for example, we filmed a lot of sailing bits with Riley, like how to sail. A lot of stuff like Riley would be like, oh, oh come film this. Like, come film me pulling up the anchor and showing you how to tie a cleat and and raising the main and all that stuff and tacking the jib. Like Riley wanted to film a lot of that stuff, which we didn't end up using. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just, I guess I'm saying maybe Riley thought it was going to be more of like a sailing vit film. Uh, whereas we were more looking at it as a travel film. Maybe. I, I actually think that it, it got a little bit convoluted in my mind too. Cause I like the idea of like character movies. Like even when I watch like narrative films, I'm, I really enjoy something that like develops a character shows these faults and you get to understand something more about this person. Um, and that's what I wanted to create in the reality TV world or unscripted world with the, with a travel film. But, um, so yeah, that was like sort of my vision, but then I also started going off of my like half edited previous film, which moments also, that's another thing that was interesting about moments is it was in, intended as like a sequel or like an episode two. Um, but it became its own thing. And, uh, and so I had sort of like, a, I sort of also on top of the departure style, which was a new introduction to the best friends. I had this blueprint of what I had done with best friends, which, which was like sort of create segments, um, which I didn't sort of think about enough. I was like, okay, we can just do segments, but they can just be like the islands. Um, but we kind of discovered that wasn't really going to work. Um, why do you think, why do you think that didn't work? Like my thought is maybe that the, the islands weren't different enough or maybe something wouldn't happen enough to make a segment out of it. I agree. All the Gulf islands are very similar, similar to each other. And I some of them we didn't maybe didn't spend enough time on for example uh newcastle we were only there for like a brief afternoon but yeah you know what in the film we don't even mention newcastle at all we're just on this random island i think you say it's a provincial park but i don't believe we actually say what it is um and then it just kind of it goes into like a montage from there to us sailing to wallace but yeah all the islands are just so similar to each other um and I just don't think we have enough content on each island to make like a segment per island. Um, at least when we were filming, we weren't thinking about what we were going to film when we got to the island. We just went off, improvised, did our own thing and filmed whatever happened to happen. Yeah, I mean, this it really became like a improv travel show. Like it wasn't... You know, like some travel shows, like you watch like Top Gear and they know exactly where they're going. Like the production crew has done their research about the place. Like I, I like Riley sort of knew the places, but we didn't know. We didn't know what was at Wallace Island, really. Like 
we didn't think okay let's do the arbutus background for or like let's go to this hike for this reason we didn't like seek out enough variety either like you mentioned this last time i think is that like variety of location is really important in a travel show and it's like such a such like a really simple thing to say like yeah that sounds like a no-brainer but it's like we that we had that challenge because it was a sailing trip that was short only like 11 days of actual uh, of the actual trip we didn't have the opportunity to like find these big varieties i feel like of location um do you think that was like a a a bit of a problem for us definitely or what's your thought definitely um yeah I, i would say it's a problem because um like we talked about all the islands are pretty much the same and then when we're not on the islands we're on the boat and the boat is just some ocean and the inside of the boat and we can film some sailing bits but you can only film so many sailing bits you know what i mean they all end up kind of being the same thing there was a lot of motoring too that was an issue yeah like for audio too interesting part of the film and and the trip is when we're going through um agamagnon channel is that (laughs) how you say it riley ends up saying it (laughs) agamagnon i think he's like a greek uh person figure of some sort anyway so the film really the film and the trip just got more interesting when we were there because everything was so different we're in this rainforest all of a sudden we have these like beautiful mountains surrounding us while we're sailing down this channel motoring down this channel um and in that moment i just remember how exciting it was to film that stuff because it was so different from the content that we were filming before when we were on all like the golf islands that's the thing i think with filming a travel show is sort of figuring out what you can film when like i think we needed to film a lot more if we wanted to make this like a, a a different travel film than it became like it became like really just sort of a slice of life the truth of our experience not trying to be anything extra but if you're trying to make like a, a i don't know a, a more produced um doc a travel show it's like really important kind of to like plan a little bit more shots like in the downtime when the scene or like when the locations are the same that's when we could be like filming skits or um doing video diary style things or or doing some sort of contextual um scenes to to be able to like you know those are just days on set essentially like those are days that we should have been planning and shooting that was my big takeaway like really from making this although like i love the product and we'll get into that too but like my big takeaway was that if you really want to create something you planning ahead i think is super important and like really planning as much as possible before we actually start shooting um which is counter uh i mean i guess it's paradoxical because i love the movie and we had zero planning so it can it can be either way you love the movie yeah but it's not what we intended on making while we were on the trip the movie, the end product we got was very different from what we thought we were making because um, we thought we were making like a, another episode to Best Friends, which is going to be more kind of departures. We wanted it like to be TV quality, um, you know, so yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think um, this movie even is at this point? Like what it turned out to be? 
so it started out when I was editing it. Um, I was started with the interviews and I was kind of mixing the interviews together um, from the A camera and the B camera and all that and kind of like mixing your interview with Riley's interview, you know. Um, and I just wasn't feeling it. And those are the interviews like because we, we ended up like having to cut the the this um, trip short and we had interviews that were um, supposed to like tie it together and make it like a travel show. And we were able to like cut back and forth between these interviews with the trip. That was like our intention to like make that into the film. And so you started doing that, like making that film. And then you just stopped. You, then you just weren't into it. We did shoot some interviews while we were like sitting on those logs with the, with the ocean behind us. And we never, I never used that footage, but I think we weren't just, we just weren't prepared uh, or like diligent enough to shoot these interviews. And yeah, I wasn't feeling the footage that we got and all the footage I started to put together, I kind of saw what the film really is just from the clips. And that was, you know, like the moments of us sailing and uh, it just didn't seem natural. Right. It didn't seem natural to have the interviews, but when you stopped looking at the interviews and, and you looked at all the other footage, you could see that there was something else, like that there was a, move, a different movie in that footage. Did you see that ahead of time or did you just start editing? I was going through the clips um, when I had started editing and this was after editing the interview footage. So I was thinking, you know, I had the intro all done with the interviews and I was like, okay, let's throw, let's see what clips come after this. And I started in chronological order of the, of what we shot. Um, and from what we shot, the very first thing was us unpacking the car, zero context. There was like no talking about what we were doing, why we were unpacking the car. I believe there actually was a clip from your vlog footage, um, but it wasn't usable for the film, I, I thought, as it was like, at the time. At, yeah, it, yeah. Um, I kind of thought it would be neat to have the video not have a beginning and not have an ending. Um, and we were on the trip the whole time. Like the trip is the film and there's no start to end to that. And um, the clips I used from, like I said, I was going through like chronological order of what we shot. I landed on the clips of us just on the dock after we had loaded the boat and we're just cooking dinner and jamming out and vibing to some black keys. And um, that is what set the mood for me. Cause when I was watching that, it like resonated with me and I was like it felt like I was hanging out with everybody in the film like while I was watching it as a viewer and I thought that was super neat um and I kind of decided to set the tone that way it's it's so interesting to have tone as the intention like finding the mood of the movie and setting that early um and, and keeping it somewhat consistent, of course, um, being able to break that when you want to, which I think you successfully did. But like the first few minutes of the film ended up being very slow, very deliberately 
making the viewer sort of pay attention. It's not flashing quick video um, that you typically get from like, you know, a YouTube video or even fast paced movie. There's lots of fast paced movies um, that try to draw you in that way. But I think that there's like with films, I think that there's, um, you can, you can make somebody pay attention by less movement, by slowing things down intentionally and making that person have more time to even just look at the image that they're looking at and think, okay, why is this significant? Why is this important? What is this scene telling me? Did you have the idea of tone and mood when you were filming it? Because it's interesting that you ended up being sort of the cinematographer and then the editor, right? Like a cinematographer has a, a certain uh, look that they're going for maybe, but an editor really sets the tone, the, the speed. Um, but to, to be both of those things, um, gives you sort of like, or like, did you were, when you looked at the footage, did you see what you were trying to shoot when you were filming? It? No, actually. Um, and if I were to make the film again, I would like to do that because it all goes back to just not having a plan. Um, and I wasn't supposed to be the editor either. So the vision, I didn't have a vision for the, the, the end product would be because I think about that. Uh, I was just trying to get like nice shots and try to film like as much as I can. Um, and that took up the most of my time really because we were filming um, we were improvising everything while we were filming. So it was kind of like, oh, Greg, come film this. Greg, come film that. And in between me um, being told what to film, like, like for example, Riley would always be like, Greg, film me doing this. Um, me doing that, that's more my style, like pretty B-roll. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I enjoy shooting most. And that's kind of what I was doing in between. So when it came down to editing the video and putting all that stuff together, I hadn't planned on uh, on a tone or anything. It, the tone kind of just showed itself to me in a way um, from, yeah, from what I shot, from what I shot while trying to film B-roll and just random stuff. There's so much, like I was trying to film something um, the other day and it was, I was trying to be very intentional with the way it looked. And that's sort of what the job of a cinematographer is, right? They're being intentional about the way that the footage looks, but when you're not planned, when you, when you can't plan ahead as a cinematographer and you're shooting something improv style on the go, it's really hard to sort of get your ideas across or your, your look across. Um, so yeah, it is interesting that, um, you know, you only had a certain amount of time between, okay, you know, come film this, um, it needs to happen now. Like the wind is changing or we're, we're just moving on, right. Where there's three of us where, you know, how often did we really like stop to film something? Um, I mean, it happened a, a lot, but it was still very improv style. It was very like, okay, let's do this. Then let's keep going kind of thing. Um, not very much time for reflection, I don't think, until maybe like middle of the trip. Um, but then there was, 
you know, so many other things by that time that we were reflecting on as well, that I think that was another thing is that the, my main idea with this whole trip was like the movie comes first, but it started, the trip sort of started to like have its own challenges as a trip does. And then the film sort of had to go to like the back burner a little bit. Um, so there was a lot of challenges I think we were facing with, with this film. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think about that? Do you think you learned anything from, uh, from that experience in those ways? From the experience of, uh, dude, you're laughing at me. What's going on? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just laughing because I just go on a rant about like a bunch of shit. And then I just throw the ball to you with no question. <laughs> I'm just like, what do you think about that? <laughs> You know, if you're thinking about doing this project again or another project like this, what could we do to sort of or what what do you have as an idea of a way that we could keep the film as like the number one goal or like, you know, always sort of like trying to accomplish that goal as well as the other as well as dealing with the other challenges that might be happening on like an unscripted in an unscripted show like this. I think having a plan and writing down, um, obviously while you're traveling, like you are going to be improvising your shots and everything because you don't know what you're going to see until you're there shooting. Um, but if we had maybe like pre-planned things that we had wanted to shoot um, or like, oh, we're going to Wallace today. Um, I want to shoot this, this, and this there. If we maybe had like thought about that stuff before we were on the island we keep coming back to the idea of like planning something a little bit better and and definitely like that was the biggest problem with the entire trip um was that it wasn't planned enough but i think what ended up happening was a movie that wouldn't have gotten created at all or, or like it would have just been so different have we planned it and possibly it would have been not nearly as good like i think what we created with moments is really entertaining and full of like yeah like i guess that review that last review we got on prime video was like a good explanation of it but it just makes it like it, it puts you in there because it's not overproduced like there's a lot of things that are overproduced that um that might have an element of something good in them or, or it could have been something good if it was just edited in a more raw way and like i think that raw editing that you did like when when i got the first draft back from you um it was something it, the way it was shot and the way it was edited blew me away like it really changed my perspective on what um of what this movie could be like i had the the idea of like okay we'll stitch the interviews together and make this sort of a concise film travel film but when i got it back it was like it was like okay this is something completely different um but it works like there's there's some elements in moments that are that really make it work i think that review basically said what the movie says at the start you know this film makes you feel like you're living in it the movie put the viewer in like 
the viewer felt like they were hanging out with us on the trip. They felt like they were on the trip with us. Um, and the viewer also mentioned like, it reminded them of what it was like to be young and kind of just free and hanging out with your friends. When we were on that trip, that was like the most fun trip I had ever been on. And I think you had said the same thing. I'm not sure how Riley felt about that, but the trip was extremely fun. And we had all these inside jokes that, and like bits that we would do. And, um, and I think when I saw the footage, I was like reminded of how much I loved being on that trip. And in a way I just wanted to like, kind of like relive that. And that's kind of like what the movie became it was just like a retelling of my personal experience on, on the boat. It's like, it's like seeing things from my own perspective from the perspective of the camera, I guess, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that is actually how you saw part of the trip, right? It was through the lens of a camera. Um, I mean, in, in a way, I mean, that, that's what I love about documenting, like self-documenting is that it, it does make you relive parts of your life and you can examine them in a different way um, and have fun again with them. Like, there was a lot of the a lot of the bits we captured on film and uh, there was there was other funny things that we didn't even like acknowledge at the time um that became funny from the film right like the burgeritaville wasn't like an inside joke we had but it became one because it made the movie yeah i basically you know saw all the the fun things that we had done on this trip and that probably wouldn't have made it into the movie if we made movie that we planned to make um which was supposed to be taken way more seriously and a lot less unique i would say not that that's a bad thing but i think the movie we intended on making was not like a i want to say cookie cutter documentary but it wouldn't be but we would follow formula whereas basically just came from all the fun times and the fun things that we shot Again, like I said, that probably wouldn't have made it into the movie that we were actually planning on shooting. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think the tone and the formula and the the format of it would have changed, but it was still us. We were still smoking weed and Riley's going on Tinder dates and we're saying things we shouldn't. Like it wasn't going to be a traditional documentary in any sense, I don't think. Um, it was definitely always meant to be a bit alternative. Um, but the style of it ended up being very different as well as everything else. Uh, yeah. And I think when I got the, uh, the first draft back, I ended up cutting about 17 minutes or something off of your, off your cut and just sort of tightening it. And that's what I did. Like I, I sort of made it more, um, digestible because I knew already it was going to be tough to digest for, for just the average viewer who wasn't like our friend or, or us, right? I wanted to take it from something that we thought was great and make it a little bit more. I did what a producer does, makes it a little bit more for a general audience, right? That's sort of like what a producer's job is in a, in a sense, I guess. And so I only, I only like cut 17 minutes off of it though, which I, which I guess is maybe like 20% of the movie. So a chunk, but I almost cut out Burgeritaville, like straight up. Uh, but then and when Emily was watching it, she said, 
that's the only time that that we've seen like different parts of the boat because we never did a tour but i like was like incensing the whole boat out and i think riley was yeah riley was filming me and he followed me around and uh i was like oh okay so it serves dual purposes and i think a lot of our footage actually served multiple purposes like it's it's either like it's like beautiful and it tells a story or it like connects you to the person and it progresses um along the journey you know like i think there was a, a bit of that in our movie what's interesting actually we did film a tour uh for the boat but it was at the end and and that was for your own that was like its own video outside of the documentary but i just can't help but think in my head like what other possibilities this film could have been um like if it was that more tr traditional travel documentary style um and maybe like the film would start off with a tour of the boat like an introduction of us as characters and then a tour of our boat and then maybe you would say like on this trip we're planning on going here 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 and then you would have b-roll of like those locations while you're explaining them um i think it would be really neat um maybe not worth it but neat to like revisit that footage and like do like a snyder cut <laughs> it's like the the viewer is part of the crew like that's what we ended up making like yeah like like we've already talked about it because that was what the review said but it it, it made me feel like that when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, I'm back on the boat. Like this felt, it felt exactly like it. Like it had all the elements, like all the things I remembered. I remembered making the noodle stir fries. I remembered the sound of the, the motor, um, just everything like the, the, the dancing, the, the music, like all of it. I don't know. It just, it all came back through that film. That's exactly, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, that's exactly what I saw when I was watching the footage. It's like, I was seeing my own memories, but just from like the perspective of the camera, not the perspective of me, I need to live this trip. So I'm going to condense my entire experience from that trip into a hour and 20 minute video. I watch it. I'm on the trip again. And when anyone else is watching it, they're on the trip with us. It just seems so like natural to create it that way. That's the funny thing is like, I feel like this whole podcast, we've been talking about different ways we could have made it um, and different things we would do maybe now, but I don't think it would have necessarily, I don't, I, it's really subjective and, and from the viewer's perspective, if it would have been better or worse, but I think what we created was in my opinion, it's easily the best thing we could have created. Like, yeah, we could revisit the footage, but I've, I already visited it as the, a vlog, a vlog series. And then to see it with less of the con with less context, because the vlog gave it context. I talked, okay, we're, we're paddling into Gabriola. We're going to check out the galleries. Like there was, there was that sort of guided structure in the vlog but it was vloggy. It was self-shot. It was me. It wasn't the crew. It wasn't everybody. So, um, and then to revisit it from a, a, a the, pers the way you made it, which had no 
guidance. It was, you, you never knew where you were. You just, the next scene is like, you just woke up randomly and you're on a boat, you know, and, and then you're on an Island and it's like, we don't know what Island this is as a viewer, but we're here. So let's watch and let's feel and let's see what's happening. The, well, that, that is what it is. The, it's the film is not where we are. The film is like who we're with, what we're doing. Yes. So if we were God, maybe that would work. If, if uh, you know, the film is about what we're seeing, but because the way it's edited and the way we shot it, it's the film is really about us. And like what it's like to travel, I guess. Like, not necessarily where we're traveling, but what it's like to travel with your friends on a boat. What do you think? Do you think you learned anything? Like, I feel like actually this trip was quite significant for my learning. Like, we're talking about, you know, what I learned from. Um, ultimately, we've just been talking about sort of the history and what this movie is, is and, and stuff. But. I think personally, it was like very transformative. A lot of the experience I had, like, for instance, it was a huge behavior change. Like my day was not the same. What uh, my day to day, like, um, you know, creating YouTube videos at home, living in a house. And then all of a sudden we're on a boat and I'm learning to sail. We're eating differently. We're, uh, we're creating dynamics with each other. Um, we're living with each other on a small boat. So many changes, um, happened when you, when you're traveling. And I think, I think there's like so much value and so much that I learned just from about myself, just from like not having internet for a while, um, smoking weed and hanging out all the time and just talking and, and not having an agenda in a lot of ways like yeah we had the film but there was a, t a like there was tons we didn't film like the cameras went off at a certain time and it was just us hanging out and those were like such good times like it just felt like it felt like real traveling and and yeah we we both said like this is like the best trip that we've been on and it really it really was for me in the way where it does that thing that travel or it did that thing that travel does where it sort of puts you into the moment and lets you sort of slow down to find the pace and the rhythm of the, of the adventure that you're on. There's not as many things on your mind. Um, and th that's sort of what I gleamed from this experience personally was a greater appreciation for travel and, and sort of like having that experience sort of gave me something to aspire to again um later on after we were back does uh does being on that trip um is there anything that you experienced being on that trip that made you change or like rethink what you do in your daily life in, in your like work life in my work life um well it changed one of my behaviors like <clears throat> when i uh i was just a infrequent weed smoker like i i would joke around that I would always just forget to smoke weed. Um, it was just never like something I would consciously do. Um, but I had weed and I smoked weed every once in a while. But, um, when we went on the boat, there was nothing else to do. And I just started, I was rolling like the shittiest joints, like learning how to do it. These big loose joints you were shitty <laughs> with homegrown weed. <laughs> and until Vanessa came and she made like professional. Ones, yeah. But... <laughs> 
So I just felt like um, that was a big behavioral change for me, going from just uh, super infrequently to smoking weed more often. And uh, to me, it's like a, it's like a real plant medicine. Like it really makes me more aware of my life. It gives like they've done studies on it and they show that it creates like the idea or the the feeling of novelty where uh, some an experience feels like new, like it feels like the first time you've done this. Um, and we were having all these really cool experiences. Like I was getting to know you, I was getting to know Riley. Uh, we were out in nature, out in the, on the water. And I was ex experiencing these in these heightened states, um, of being stoned all the time. And sorry, I just like, we didn't even really know each other. Like we knew each other for a few years, but not that well. No. Yeah, you're right. Like when we hung out, we had never really had like real, like deep conversations about stuff we didn't have any inside jokes or or anything and now you know like now you're like one of my best friends but do you think that if we weren't smoking weed on this trip that we would have like bonded the same way between the three of us um i think maybe it wouldn't have been as deep i think i think the weed the, I mean, that weed was super silly. Uh, I, like, I'd smoke it and we would just be giggling or or we just like... I found I was really talkative. Yeah, like more social on it. And giggly, of course, too. And silly. I think maybe it would have taken longer. It would have been a totally different trip. Maybe less impactful. Maybe less um, connected as, as, as people. And I've definitely... Like, I've traveled with people before and never been able to really connect to them. And I think it was just because of who I was at the time. And, and I think weed and the moment of us traveling, um, I think that that combination made for a sort of like being more open to connecting. And, and I think it would have been pretty similar though. Like me and Riley have known each other forever. So we were all already like very comfortable with each other and we had we had already a very established relationship and and sort of a way of behavior because um, we've known each other since like grade four or younger and and we get very silly together me and riley um and then you're just naturally like that too so i think the silliness would have just come out but i think the weed um intensifies things and so with that intensification allowed for more um more like you know it's just like there's more energy on the boat there's more energy to talk there's uh it was also very creative weed i don't know if you remember that but it, it really g gets the creativity kind of flowing as well i thought um so was, there was an element of that too it definitely it, it was a bit of a guy it, it helped guide the trip in my opinion it was blueberry right in case anyone wants to like yeah oh what is this like <laughs> It sounds great. You know, it's a hybrid. It's got the sativa gives you a little energy, but it relaxes you too. I, I was thinking about that because we, we didn't know each other, but we all sort of needed to relax right away and sort of just be like, okay, we're comfortable here. This is our new house. Like this couch that is, is going to be my bed as well. Oh man, that, that bed was tiny too. That was a narrow, it's long ish, but it's narrow. What's interesting is like, well, I learned from that whole trip was like, Dude, it was so good to just relax and have no responsibility. And like, I went from like, you know, like working full time, 
my nine to five every um kind of you know living day by day whatever and all of a sudden i'm taken out of that i'm put on this trip my reality is completely different i have responsibilities and i'm just with these guys being silly and having fun on this boat for 10 days straight um and then like coming out of that trip i was like i need to live like every day i've got like this like from this perspective not how i was living before and just kind of like uh not take things as seriously and just like be more present in the moment um and give myself like you know time on on weekends to go experience like some something fun something new that i had like something new to me um and just like not stress that much try to like have no responsibilities or like manage my responsibilities differently where it feels like they're not as like urgent so do you think it did it make you feel sort of like more like you wanted to capture the moment (laughs) whoa that's so dorky yeah but yeah i guess i guess you could say that it was like the whole trip was like us having fun every day and not caring about anything other than like getting shots but that kind of work is fun but anyway um so it didn't seem like a task to film because it was just always fun to shoot um but yeah so i kind of wanted my life to carry on that way i guess you know i think if we had planned it you know like we would have had more responsibilities be more like a job for sure for sure we'd have a lot more responsibilities i think we would always be on you know what i mean like we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. We're doing this next. After we do this, we'd have a routine and a schedule. Um, and um, yeah, uh, I don't even, I don't think we would have had as much fun if we did it that way. Yeah. And ultimately I think what's important in life is maybe not to have fun, but to like have a good combination of feeling fulfilled and feeling joy, you know? Well, when you're, when you're watching a movie, um, like a travel documentary you don't want to see people who aren't enjoying what they're doing while they're on this trip you know <laughs> like if we're just thinking about everything we have to do while we're on camera we're going to be so robotic and so like scripted not scripted but like we're not going to be as open and as like fun i guess as we were i mean i keep using the word fun but <laughs> you know what i mean i think it's true i think like i've watched travel shows before where there's like some drama between the people or something like that and it's just like oh this doesn't come across as like this as interesting to me it comes across as like not a good experience and and that sort of like ruins it for me like because i i see these people not having fun anymore so i've definitely experienced that when watching travel shows and yeah who who wants to watch that who wants to see people who wants to like i don't know for me personally i would put on like a travel video to feel inspired to go travel (laughs) um and if i saw people having a shit time or being grumpy or mad at each other that's not what i want to (laughs) see have i learned anything else um (laughs) i learned how to sail (laughs) i learned sailing stuff uh i learned how to tie cleat i learned uh you know uh what the main is what a jib is what a was it a genova genova Genoa. Genoa. I, I guess I don't know what that is, I guess. You know, um, I'm trying to think of like, you know, more 
meaningful things I've learned from the trip other than that. Um, but as far as hands-on stuff, um, I know a lot more about boats and sailing than I did before. And um, this is the first film I had to edit, actually. Uh, I had done some editing for you. Um, I've always worked on films. Like I've always done either acting or filming, but not a ton of editing experience, again, other than like for your YouTube channel. And um, Moments was kind of like the first thing I actually put together that was like a big project and at first it was overwhelming but um I guess it kind of just taught me I don't know I don't know it inspired me to continue on editing. so you felt overwhelmed at the beginning of, of looking at all this footage um how did you overcome that like what was how did you break down like when you look at a job okay I got to edit this movie. Um, that's a huge job. You can't just do, you can't just do that. You have to start with, okay, I need to import the footage. I need to sort, I need to cut out. How did you start doing the small steps to, um, stop feeling overwhelmed or what was your process of, of dealing with feeling overwhelmed by the footage? Uh, one mouthful at a time, like one bite at a time. So I would take, I would just like watch the clips. I didn't import them into the editing software. So I watched the clips and then all the ones I liked, I would drag in and kind of like, I, like I do that in the order I wanted them to go in as well. Um, I think if I had done it, you know, where I transfer everything in Premiere, I have all this footage that I got to review, I would have been overwhelmed for sure. Um, and I think, you know, the way I edited it helped me uh, see what I wanted like see what I wanted to create. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't actually have all the clips in the timeline to give yourself a full look at it, but you started individually looking at them. Um, that's just wild to me that you were able to sort of like envision something as you went, like, was there, was there much changes? I guess it was the footage itself was shot chronologically and stored chronologically. So that helps you because you're making a chronological, uh, travel film. But was there a, was there any changing around? It was like the first clips that I had started with, um, like the intro with the you know us listening to Black Keys and stuff, and um, I kind of captured the tone from that, and then I kind of just looked at the rest of the clips and thought like, hmm, what fits the tone that I was going for from the start? And just to say it, the tone was you know when you're sailing all your days are really slow. Um, it's a slow way of traveling. You're on a boat for like six hours before you're on a new island or, you know, at a new location. And um, I thought pacing the movie that way would would kind of show the viewer what it was like to travel that way as well. And yeah, so I kind of just took all the clips with that in mind and built it off of that foundation. And uh, yeah. You know what I think I learned? I learned ultimately that you can plan a lot and you can make something like um, more planned, but I think you can also just have a lot of fun. And if you film it and you have creative people who are like, like Riley was, cre was creating films, YouTube videos. Um, I was, I I've been doing this for years. Y you've been doing this in different, different ways. We've all been sort of creating videos in different ways. 
So I think we sort of like, even though we all had different ideas, I think the essence of it was that we were having fun and we were filming it and we were doing this trip and we were filming it. And I think that's what I learned is like, you can still make something. Um, you can really sort of just make something out of nothing. Like that's what we had to do. Yeah. I think it really inspired me to kind of look at footage a little bit differently and, and kind of realize that with enough creativity in the edit, like <laughs> you can sort of make up uh, for poor planning. Um, if you still just want to create something like, um, you know, if I had had such a vision in my head or any of us that this was supposed to look a certain way, um, and then it maybe looked like moments, it could have easily been written off as, I don't know if this is going to read. I, I don't think anyone's going to get this. It wasn't what I wanted. Um, let's just bin it. Um, but there, there, that footage would have just sat there if I hadn't gotten your creativity and your creative mind to like see it in a different light. Cause my idea at first was to just edit vlogs and then take the vlogs and then use your footage more and turn the vlogs into a movie with the additional footage so that I wouldn't have to edit things twice because I had already just edited all the vlogs and it was like a crazy amount of editing. Um, and, and I've actually used that strategy in other, other times. Like I just edited, um, a marketing video for a company and I edited a raising of their building. And so I edited the raising first as a, a complete video. And then I just used that, that footage as B roll. So I didn't have to edit that footage twice. Um, that was my concept with the, with the vlogs was to edit those once and then add the b-roll and so i didn't have to do as much editing and i think that can work but it has to be super planned out and i don't think i planned it out enough so it just didn't read like i tried putting uh, importing my vlogs and importing your footage and kind of messing around with it and i was like oh this just isn't gonna work because i didn't plan for shooting that um and then I just didn't have enough energy to look at it with fresh eyes. So I think that's something I learned too, is like reach out to other creatives and get other creative people involved. However you can, if it's a profit share or, um, or some way, you know, just like find people who are inspired by it. I mean, you, you were inspired enough to be on the trip with us. Obviously you're going to like, look at your, like, and that's what you said as well. Like it didn't really you said you felt overwhelmed by it, but you also had this experience of having a lot of fun with it. And I could see that in your edit. I was like, I was like, Oh, why did I think this was such like a daunting task to look at this again when he just created something so much, so fun out of this that I enjoy watching. Like this was all in there. I could have had fun watching this. Um, but I wasn't in a space like creatively to like take on more and create more. Cause I just created so much and I needed to like eliminate that. You know, um, I think there's a real balance in creating where there's creative intake and there's creative, like, you know, expression. And, um, when those things are sort of blocked or, or you've, you've, you've unbalanced those, those things, um, at least this is what I've seen is that it doesn't work. Um, you can't just force yourself to be more creative if you're exhausted with the project. Like I look at projects that I'm tired of and I just, it, nothing like I'll, I'll I can edit them, but nothing good will come out of it. I need to look at something and edit it when I want to edit it, when I can be creative with it. 
And I think that's what you were able to do was bring fresh creativity to the footage um, after my attempt at, at editing. So that's, that's what I learned is to bring good people onto projects, work with um, people that you, uh, that you have faith in. Like I had a lot of faith in you to like, um, to be able to create something and, and you really like blew past any of my expectations as an editor and as a cinematographer, like you really crushed it on moments. Um, it's such a unique piece. I think like I knew when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is going to be something that either, either people will love or they, they won't even understand. Like they won't not, they won't like not like it. They just won't get it. They'll just be like, oh, this is too slow or too boring or whatever. They, they just won't understand it. And so I knew it had the potential of like becoming sort of more of a cult classic type um thing where it could get following over time or it could get an audience over time it wasn't something that it was going to come out and just immediately pop and and go into the algorithm properly like like the my last documentary did the reality of van of hashtag van life like that blew up immediately um moments i knew was going to be if it was going to happen it was going to be slow and over time and uh I think that's sort of like, I think it's been out for like, I guess maybe a year now. Um, and it's only just starting to get good reviews. Um, I've had a couple people like message me about it. Um, you had somebody message you that recognized you. Oh no, that was from a different, that was from the van life movie actually. That's from the van life movie, which was hilarious <laughs> that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but i think people i think people are sort of just starting to discover it and it's like it needs way more um it needs more marketing behind it too but it's such a hard thing to market because it's not a sailing movie it's not a character movie i, I don't even know where to who to market it to you know it's such a strange thing that i think um people with i honestly think people who are stoned or people that are uh, people that are like us or th that were like us, maybe that, that reviewer was somebody who like can look and really appreciate life for what it is. Um, I think that's the kind of viewer that is going to like this movie. Um, but it takes time to find those people and it's not just one market. It's not, okay, let's just make a Facebook ad about this and push it to people who like sailing. I think, a bunch of those people would hate that movie because they'd be like, where's the sailing? Yeah, like it's not a sailing movie, but it's like what it's like to travel via boat, but it's not a sailing movie. Um, what's in interesting is the trailer I made or that we made is very different from what the movie actually is. The, the trailer actually used the interview clips. Wait, did you make the trailer or did I make it? I don't even remember. I made the trailer and you trimmed it down to two minutes because I think I had it at two minutes and 30 seconds or, or something like that. But um, dude, the trailer was so different. It had the interview clips. It looked like what you would expect out of a travel documentary, not um, not like a film that you're supposed to like live in. Maybe the casual viewer won't understand it, like won't understand what we tried to make, but the people who do understand what it is, love it. And you know, that's all we can ask for, really. I think that's honestly better. I think it's like, uh, I'd rather people really like my stuff than just sort of be like, oh yeah, whatever, and just move on. Like, I don't wanna, 
I don't want to make stuff that's really forgettable, forgettable anyway. Like I want to make something that people think about. And even if it sparks up a memory, you know, like I think a, I think a lot of the viewers will just get memories sparked up about, oh, yeah, that is what it's like to travel. I remember that time that I went with my friends to here. And if this feels like that, um, to invoke a feeling in somebody, especially a positive one, is such a good thing, I think. Like it's actually like a maybe it's cheesy, but it's it's like a to me that seems like um something that I want to do like I want to make people feel things and I want to and with this this movie um throughout the whole thing I think there's a lot of good feelings that come across I made it more for myself than than as like something that we are marketing to somebody else um and I think by doing that you put a lot more um like I was a lot more creative with it. I was able to put more like passion into it because um, like I said, I was making it for me or making it for us and not making it for someone else. And when you produce something like that, it's just a lot more genuine. Um, and people see that it's like with music, you know, if you make a song, you can make a song just to have like a hit, but if it's uh if you make something that comes from you, you know, that comes from your heart and is like genuine to you, you're going to have like a good song. I mean, it's interesting because we're coming from different places as well. And, I, and we talked about this last time and it was kind of interesting to have such like kind of the our varying differences with this. Right. And it's like I try to find a balance with that, with my work, because I do this for a living and I try to like find, okay, where's the market and where can I be creative within that market? Um, and then where can I push? Oh, like, you know, it's a classic thing for filmmakers and, and creatives to just have like passion projects and money projects and like treat those a little bit differently. Right. I think, I think that's how it was going to be. And that's how, what it was supposed to be, you know, like with that vision in mind. And I think once we got the footage, it was no longer like, okay, this isn't something we're going to try to market to somebody. Um, you know, the clip, the, the trip got cut short too. I don't know if anybody knows that. Um, but it got cut like four or five days short, maybe more. And uh, we didn't have the same amount of footage that we would have had. Maybe we could have made that other type of movie if we had all that footage and stayed on the trip. But um I think by the end of the trip, at least what I felt was like, oh, bummer, like we didn't get to finish. Um, and then when I, you were looking at it, I don't know what I'm going to create. It. We'll just create whatever. And that's what it kind of became rather than being something that we were trying to market out, which is what the original intent probably was. Because like we talked about, we wanted it to be a second episode of Best Friends. So it would have been like a TV quality produced uh, like web series. Yeah, that was definitely the intent was to sort of um, produce it more, put more production in it and and make it something marketable um, intentionally. And that's sort of what I did with Best Friends a little bit more. Um, and it's funny, actually, like I had like a, a, you know, a production company reach out to me about Best Friends and want to market that towards like... Um, it was specifically for like foreign television with syndication, but it wasn't something 
Like, you know, I don't think anybody would reach out to us for that sort of opportunity with something like moments because it was, uh, too edgy for most networks and, and all that, just like that alone. But, um, I think, uh, I think it, there's, there's a couple things I thought about when you were talking. One of them is that producers often just butcher, um, these projects, like they come in and they, they, they just tone it down so much and, and make it into this marketable thing and completely destroy, um, projects in a lot of, in a lot of moments. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is that I'm a procrastinator and I was way worse even back then. And I think, I think maybe, uh, um, I think maybe we all are, all of us on the crew were to a degree. And there was like not being planned. And then there was also like not doing what we were supposed to be doing. Like my intention was to film video diaries of us talking about the trip every single day. It took till like the last day, which was the 10th or 11th day or whatever for us to do that for the first time or was the day before we ended the trip. But, um, and, and so my intention, like as we were filming was to sort of like discover how we were going to film this, what it was going to become. Um, we didn't film the video diaries cause we had so many other things going on. And then I was just kept pushing that back and saying, okay, we can do that on those last days. We'll, we'll do that when we stop at, at, uh, this one Island and we'll film a lot more. We'll kind of deconstruct it, write it down, figure this out. And we didn't have that opportunity. And so it left like, yeah, I was going to push all that kind of work to the last minute, um, for sure. And that ended up biting us in that, in that as a producer it ended up biting me. Um, but then as a creative on your part, it really ended up allowing you to work way more with the footage, I think. Um, and that's the thing too, is oftentimes we'll stifle our creativity to meet a market. Um, and I don't think that's always the best way to go. I think you do become, you do, you're at risk of producing something more forgettable, um, and, and less fulfilling. Like I, I, I felt like when, um, moments came out and, you know, I, I only had so much to do with the creativity of, of the film anyway, but I really felt very, very proud of it. I thought it was one of the best things I had pr produced, um, you know, with a, a good team. And I think we really created something r really significant. And I, and when I, when I was talking to friends about what I was doing, when they were asking me, Oh, what project are you doing? I was the most sort of like, um, proud and, and sort of talking the most about what moments was becoming, uh, or had become and what I was working on with that. Um, as far as distribution and whatnot, it was always about, I was very proud of moments. I think it became something that, um, taught me less to be that, that producer, that market minded person and more of, oh yeah, think about why you got into this. Like you wanted to get into this, to be able to travel and create, not travel and have a quota of shots and a shot list to hear and, and make this into some sort of job. It was always to be creative. And, um, it's, uh, we haven't necessarily seen the money back from this project, but it's also, 
like it will probably fulfill that eventually and if not it has led us to learn so much like even the way that you talked about if i was to make this film again i, I would make it differently like you it, it taught you um in in this scenario how to be a different cinematographer than the cinematographer you were um and filmmaker as well you know like having more plans like even if we were to shoot some if, even if we were sh to shoot moments too and attend for the uh, try for the same tone i think we would be able to execute certain aspects of it way better from what we learned from shooting it the first time yeah absolutely um with that said would you make a moments too not necessarily a sailing video but would you make a video that captured what moments captured um that could maybe be a little bit more marketable um maybe we plan it out a little bit more but what we do shoot and what we do put in is genuine moments of that film of that trip you know i, I was thinking about something earlier before we got on this call I, I just i just watched napoleon dynamite and i love this movie and I, I was just i've just been thinking about it since i watched it sorry huh is that why you shared the Uncle Rico monologue on Facebook? Yeah, dude, because I watched it in the movie and I was like, this is legitimately really good acting. And it tells the entire story of this character. You know who this person is. And anything he did after that was dictated by that character. I mean, you sort of knew who he was when you first saw him throwing the football in the field past the camera and he's got this, this uh, old van. But that monologue was just brilliantly acted and and brilliantly written um and executed it was just that's such a good scene like legitimately such a good scene um but i had just been watching napoleon dynamite and i was thinking about how interesting it was and how um it made me think after i'd watched it and so many movies don't make you think or don't you you don't just like reminisce about it or anything but I think if they had made like, I, I looked at, I, I, I had a vision of the, um, the, uh, the poster of it or the, the artwork of it, how he's standing there with his clothes on, with his suit on and he's in front of those colored lockers. And I was like, that's almost cartoony. And then I was thinking about how Trailer Park Boys made like a cartoon video game and they're on Netflix and they're, they, they kept going. And, and I was like, trailer park boys like the first few seasons of it is just something so special and so beautiful in the, in that because of how genuine it is but it became something else and like i i thought about napoleon dynamite and how if they could have made a cartoon about it because of how silly these characters are they did or they could have did they they did they did make a cartoon about it i'm 99 sure did they really okay we gotta look this up oh my god they did make a cartoon of it uh i was gonna say how making sequels to things like uh, the for instance i watched grown-ups and grown-ups the first movie is legitimately funny like it's very tropey like it's it's very by the book in the way that these movies are made but there's funny jokes in it the characters are funny but then grown-ups 2 is one of the most shit movies i've ever seen it's so bad and they didn't capture the same funniness and it's the same realness of these characters and in the second one it was 
you know, the burp snart or whatever. It was just like, it was so stupid. It was too dumb. It was, it was too much trying to, to recreate the tone of the first one, but with no, none of the authenticity of the first one. It was just a cash grab. And you could sort of see that in the movie. And it came with planning. It, it, it came with the writers being like, okay, we have to plan this off of the last one. And I think that's oftentimes why sequels get ruin things. And I think, I think sequels have the run the risk and, and like 90% of the time they do it where they taint uh, an original's legacy. And maybe that's just a little bit of my perfectionism coming through or something like that. But I think there is the risk in that. And I think not saying it's maybe a bit pretentious to, to think that about moments even, but I do think moments is really special. And I think that if we had moments too, it might just seem like, okay, this was like a thing as that's like more than this. It's not just this and this stands alone by itself. Like that's the thing about moments is there was no beginning or end, but it really felt like a movie where it stands alone. Like it didn't feel like a TV show that was going to continue. It didn't feel like a longer story even. It felt like the story had been told, um, even though it didn't end. Um, and I think to sort of force another thing in there, um, and maybe with scripted, it's a little different, but I think, I think per, we'd run the risk potentially uh, if we made moments to um, of diluting it. Uh, whereas if we did, uh, three dudes in a canoe or, you know, some, some, some new thing uh, or whatever, um, that stands alone and is a, is a different sort of style even, um, I think that would be better because I think moments should stay moments. And I think if we were to even do an unscripted travel documentary, I think it should be different than moments, but I think. And I think it should have elements from moments though, but I don't think it would be wise or the right thing to make the same style of movie again. I don't think. I nailed it, man. Um, especially with the whole sequel thing. Uh, it kind of takes away. Yeah. Like the authenticity of the first movie when you're trying to succeed, when you're trying to like capitalize on that success by making another thing just like it um it definitely devalues what you're doing it devalues the first project um so with all that said what elements would you take from moments that you would put in and something better <laughs> we'll plan it out but um is there anything that we did with moments um that you now do or that you want to do in the films that you're making today yeah, that's a really interesting question. Oh, you know what I think um, I learned from moments is to let footage speak for itself. I think that oftentimes I have the instinct to over-explain and to need filler, whether it's music or narration or or more guidance. Like I think, I think allowing footage to rest and to stand and speak for itself is something I really learned from moments and that I think would travel on to any other um, film. And it, it, like I'm working on another documentary right now and I'm 
I'm not even looking at like any of my vlog footage to use for it, even though it's like the story and I was vlogging the entire time I was filming this. I'm like using the B-roll and the shots where I've set the camera up and I'm gardening or, or whatever it is. Uh, and I'm letting that footage speak and I'm at, and I'm using soundscape to do that. And, and that drives the footage forward or that, that drives the story forward. Um, and so that's, that's one thing, that's one element of moments that I really enjoy. And then, and then finding the footage that like, there's all these clips in moments where there's lots of talking, like it's not a B-roll movie. It's not a, just a cinematic movie. There's lots of talking, but it's not trying to present anything. It's not trying to say anything. It's just part of the reality of the situation. So there's one clip that I found of when I was living in the motorhome for this new documentary and I'm talking about and I'm showing and talking, even though it's in vlog style, I'm showing and talking all the groceries we bought for the this is at the beginning of the pandemic, the the all the groceries we had in the motorhome, all the you could hear the announcements from the BC ferries and it was like, everybody stay in their car, everybody wear their mask, wear, use sanitizer. And it was like, and it was like, I was talking about, this sounds like apocalyptic. Like, I feel like I'm in the beginning of like a Terminator or something, some movie where you're like underground running as like a, you know, as a soldier. And there's like, there's like all this extreme, like it felt very like crazy. And I, I sort of like, I talked about that in the video that I shot, but I also allowed it to sit and, and that's sort of what the talking bits and moments were as well was we talked about what was going on, but it wasn't direct. It was like, I would interrupt Riley or you would be like, Oh, but that's this, eh? And he'd be like, yeah, you know, and we, it was like more casual and more real. And I think trying to find those moments um, within, within the footage that I shot and I didn't shoot it with that intention. I shot a lot of it now while I'm on the homestead with that intention. But when I was traveling, I was vlogging and I didn't make the connection of how I should shoot this like moments and this will become a documentary in, in later period. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting thing is it's taught me, it's taught me how to shoot documentary footage today. Um, and use that, uh, because it's, that's something that I never really, I never really thought, okay, what would you, what kind of footage would you want in a documentary? Um, and it's a, it's a lot of just the real things. Like if the documentary is about, um, you know, show, show what the, show what the documentary is about with the footage. Um, and I, I've always shot vlogs before or van tours and, um, I shot documentary, I shot like the van life documentary was a weird style as well. And, and it worked only because I had, um, Gabe filming. And, but if I was shooting it myself, it would have been way different. And, and I wouldn't have been able to do it properly because I didn't understand how to, like, I don't, I didn't have the mind or the, the eye of a documentary cinematographer. And so that's something that I've been developing and it's from working with you and with trying to create um the the moments documentary because even best friends it, it, you could say it's a it's a it is a documentary but um there's a lot of just like 
montages that are just sort of filmed and b-rolled and then intermixed with vlog footage to make it work and then interviews touched in there as well um but it wasn't intentional that was like vlogs turned into a documentary and and so now i'm thinking okay how do i how do i shoot specifically for a documentary and i'm and i'm leaning in on on how we shot for moments because i think there are those moments where you let the the footage speak for itself that that you need in a documentary Mm -hmm. moments what a good title (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wasn't sold on the title either i was like this is another thing that's hard to market um, it is. It absolutely is. I was, but I've, I stream three guys sailing. That would be a, like a sick title. Yeah. Moments. What? What is that all about? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little um, vague, and and it was hard for me to ra- like. But I was like, you know what? It's not like I gotta let it go. I gotta let the marketing side of it go. I really had to let that go. Um, when producing and and releasing this this film. Um, cause I was like, I don't, I don't know what'll happen to this. Like, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. You never really know with these things. At and... the end of the day, we, we got a good trip out of it. You know, like even if it, it still would have been worth it if it didn't, uh, see any form of success or, or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there wasn't a lot to lose. Yeah, there wasn't. You paying me. <laughs> And we get royalties. We'll get paid from Amazon when this viewer that's watching this or listening to this right now goes and checks out the movie. So I think we should end this. It's been a long time. I've, I've taken up a lot of your time. I think we should end this. Um, do you have any plugs? Where would where would you like to send the viewers? Oh, um, probably just my YouTube channel, um, which is just my name, uh, Greg Wong. That's it. I... You and you're not the it. guy doing the cooking show that comes up when you when you type that in. Um, no, that's not me. <laughs> that's not you. I'm the guy who's like standing in the ocean, probably, <laughs> even though I can't swim. Um, Just breathing in the ocean. Uh, although Cam and I do have like a, a cooking show that we want to do. Nice. Um, but that'll be a different channel, and um, we haven't really started anything with that yet. But. Um, I don't know if you want to follow me on Instagram. It's Greg dot the dot human. I'm not on there that much these days, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, check him out. Um, Greg Wong on YouTube. It'll be in the description as well. Um, and uh, Greg dot the dot human on Instagram. And you, if you want to watch the movie, it will be posted in the description as well. Um, you can rent it if you don't have Prime Video, but if you have Prime Video, it's free to watch. Every single five star review um, gets uh, shouted out on my on my uh, social media, and I'm actually going to just quickly um, say the five star review that we actually got on it as well um, because. I want to give that guy some credit and that's the way that I that's how you roll that's how I roll and it's also how I convince people to give us five-star reviews because that will make a huge difference in the algorithm <laughs> so we got the review here it's from Jason and I got some more plugs after this sorry Greg but I, I gotta do some more plugs um, his review remember what it was like to be that perfect age five stars <laughs> 
no this the ripe is... age of 24 <laughs> <laughs> no this is not a high budget classic sailing movie and apart from maybe one scene it's not going to teach you anything about sailing it's a slice of life sailing documentary of strung together moments that coalesce into an engaging spirited and feel-good film think Blair Witch with stable camera and positive vibes I don't know how the magic is concocted herein and I'm sure the makers of this film don't either but it's a film you want to live inside of for a while you want your life to live like this film and if you are lucky it will remind you of the times when your life was like this and perhaps will be again with the right alchemy of friends lovers real and potential and summer seas this guy's a poet man that's beautiful Dude, that review man he saw it for what it is he nailed it man he did he did it's the potential riley's tinder date that's the potential <laughs> lover <laughs> that's the potential yeah um yeah, okay, so watch that. I've got other movies on there too. My name comes up as the director on this or producer. And you can click that and watch my other movies on Prime Video. You can follow me at Forrest Stevens on YouTube. Um, I've got this show on there. Um, and also on Patreon, you can join up on Patreon. I've got a, a Thursday live show for an hour. It's uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time on thursdays and it's called hanging at the homestead and i'll probably just be getting stoned talking to the webcam or out in the garden doing a project sometimes i'm talking to you guys sometimes i'm just working and you get to hang out on the homestead for an hour so if you want to check that out you got to become a patreon for that um yeah and thanks to all the patreons we already have i think we got 11 members or so um i'll shout you guys out <laughs> by name on the audio version of this um but uh your your text will be coming up at the end as well so thanks guys for becoming a patreon and thanks greg for doing the podcast it was super interesting to hear your insights and just kind of see what what you've learned and and just diving deep more into like what this even was like i think that's something that I've realized with this podcast is I always have to like figure out the history of what something is before I can even explain what I've learned from it. Um, but this is something totally. that was so complex. So it took a long time for us to sort of get into what we learned from it because it, it's just such a, a, it's such a complex thing making a movie, um, especially an improv sailing documentary movie um, with no budget. So all right, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And I just want to say that one thing that Greg and I kind of forgot to directly mention and that we started texting each other immediately after we'd finished recording this was that one of the major problems, and this this you understand this by what we're talking about, but one of the major problems was that we weren't all on the same page. It's not just that we didn't plan anything, it's that we weren't on the same page. We didn't have good enough communication between crew and and uh, that led to sort of um, the breakdown of that trip. Uh, you know, we would have even moments if we still hadn't made a more professional style, if it had just been in this same style, if we had three more, four more days of shooting, the movie would have been much different. And uh, we don't know what that would have been because it never happened, but we have what we have now so i really implore you to go check out moments um, check out best friends as well 
and check out all the other videos and movies that I've made on Prime Video by searching my name, Forrest Stevens, with two R's and a V in Stevens. I want to give a quick shout out to everybody that is supporting us on Patreon. That makes a huge difference. We're trying to fund and create a homestead here and trying to have these shows on weekly and and that is really only doable if we're making some income and, and Patreon is the best way to directly support us. So thank you to the current Patreons. We have the Francis Brothers, Renee Emond, Andrew Brown, Madison and Rayner, Jennifer Stevens, Mario Rica, Doug Brockwell, Miriam Hester, Johnny Paletto, Joanne Johnson, and our newest member, Ellie. Thank you all so much for directly supporting this show and everything that I'm doing here at the Homestead. We'll see you on the next episode of What I Learned From. Shout out, Wilfs. On this show, you know, I've talked a lot about money. Um, investing is an interest of mine. Money is really important. It's a store of energy of, our, of ourselves. And basically, we can use it to create in this world. We can make all these different things happen just because of the money that we either use and the more you accumulate of it, the more you can create. And it's just, uh, it's a fascinating subject. And it's a lot easier sometimes to actually save money than it is to make money. So today's sponsor is Mint Mobile. And if you're in the States and you have a cell phone, you can probably save a lot of money by switching to Mint. I mean, Mint has these plans. It's like 15 bucks a month, unlimited calling, unlimited texting, five gigabytes of data. They have 4G, 5G plans. And for 30 bucks, you can get unlimited data included with that plan. And so it's like 30 bucks unlimited data. And the internet is so powerful. We need to get on there. We need to learn. I mean, you're probably, you're using the internet right now to listen to this, to download this. Um, it's important to have, and you might be able to save a ton of money by switching to Mint. So check out the link in the description for Mint Mobile, and we get a kickback here, we get a small commission, so it really, really supports the show. It's super, super important to um, feel like I can actually do this and make a little bit of cash, um, th this podcast, so it's going a long way, and it's really important for you to save money as well. So. If you are spending too much on your mobile, go at least check it out. See if the coverage is good for you, if the service is good for you. And basically, it's a smart business as well. What they've done with Mint Mobile is they've um, they've basically done what more and more companies are doing to save money and to pass it on to consumers, which is not have a retail store. There's a lot of empty shopping malls out there in the world now because there's no need for companies like Mint Mobile to have a cell phone kiosk in the mall or whatever storefront. And so they can pass those savings from not having to, um, you know, rent and lease that space, not having to employ those people working there. They can employ people in a more concentrated fashion so they can have less employees and serve more people basically. And they do it all online, all through the internet. And the customer service is supposedly pretty good still. Um, that's the other thing too, is you don't want to like lose things by switching to Mint Mobile. So I would I would just recommend checking them out, see if it's a fit for you. Um, basically, when I ever have a problem on my cell phone, I'm calling them anyway. I'm not going into a store. Uh, that's just, you know, you're just looking to get upcharged basically by going into a store anyway. So um, check it out. Links in the description, like I said.